0: Recently, I said that they think you're stupid, and it's true. They really think that you and I are really stupid. By now, you know that there is a battle for the very identity of the Catholic Church being waged. Some are saying that the culture war has finally come to the church, but anyone saying that is either a true believer in the council or hasn't been paying attention at all. The culture war originated in the Catholic Church, it did not just suddenly come to it. And they think you're stupid because they expect you to just accept the official line about the need to embrace revolutionary ideology added to the church and its institutions without so much as a fuss. In fact, they don't think you'll even notice that the institutions of the church are undergoing massive changes as we speak. And they'd be largely right. Most Catholics won't notice these changes because for our whole lives there have been nothing but change in the church. A change in liturgy, a change in theology, even the gospel has changed from a message of picking up our crosses and following Christ into something about open borders, climate change, plastic straws, and consumerism. The demolition of the Catholic Church continues apace, and most Catholics won't notice. But you will notice because if you're watching or listening to this screed, then you're one of the few paying attention. Congratulations to you for having chosen to wake up to the truth of the situation, and being awake to the situation comes with great responsibility. So, what am I talking about today? There is a battle for the very identity of the Catholic Church being waged right now, and that battle comes on at least three fronts. The battle for the life in the parish that will be waged in the Amazon Synod in October the battle for what moral law the church teaches that is being waged right now in the John Paul II Institute for Marriage and Family Life, and the battle for what Catholics believe, which which has been waged for decades, and that battle is almost lost if the statistics about the Eucharist and belief in the real presence are remotely true. Let's have a look at this battle because we need to know what we're up against. But let's take a moment to thank my patrons for their support. This channel is kept going by the support of regular viewers like you. If you want to support the work of this channel, you can do so by following the link in the description of this video to Subscribestar or Patreon and helping out for as little as $1 each month. For that, you get access to supporter-only live streams, early access to special videos, and other perks that are in the works. In addition, you can help out this channel through traditional mail. And everyone can help out by sharing videos with others that you think are important. Thank you, and on to the news. The issue of identity is critically important in the life of the Catholic. We are to be Catholics before we are anything else, and the faith is to play a central role in what we do in every area of life. We don't cease to be Catholics when we arrive at work. We don't cease to be Catholics when we enter the voting booth, or go to a neighbor's barbecue, or when we go to the theater to watch the latest piece of Holly Weird propaganda. Our identity is something we don't leave at home. It it guides our actions, our way of living, even the thoughts we have in our heads that we keep behind the mask everyone wears in public. Being a Catholic is a full-time affair. Every waking moment is or should be influenced by our faith. That is part of the point behind the concept of the, con- of the consent of the will when we sin, for in those moments when we commit a mortal sin, we do so with the full knowledge that what we do is not in keeping with the expectations that come with living the life of a Catholic, which begins with obedience to God and following Christ while carrying our cross. The, that identity is under assault at this moment. I don't need to repeat that anymore, you know it as well as I do. It's a quiet persecution happening from within the church, one which the world will barely take notice of. And when they do take notice of it, it is to cheer and support for those revolutionaries pushing for change. This week's major change from the John Paul II Institute hasn't yet really been noticed by the world, but those who profess to be Catholic but are really of the world within the church and the establishment Catholic media have certainly taken notice and are cheering the demolition of an institution that was founded directly in response to what is apparently part of the message of Our Lady of Fatima. One media outlet, LaCroix, has called the, the changes much needed. <laughs> Go figure. Go figure. As the story goes, though, from Fatima, Sister Lucia said that the final battle would be over marriage and the family. She recounted that message to Cardinal Kefara long ago. Later, Cardinal Kefara was put in charge of the John Paul II Institute for Marriage and the Family and operated the institute with the intention of forming lay and clerical leaders to defend the family in various walks of life. That was until he was summarily dismissed by Francis recently as part of the structural and statutory changes being put in place to bring the Institute more in line with Amoris Laetitia, which has enabled some dioceses to permit sacrilegious communion by adults living in what the Church has always called objectively adulterous relationships. That battle for marriage and the family has come from the Church it's, within the Church, it seems and rather appropriately, its ground zero is an institution founded on the influence of Our Lady of Fatima. It'd be a humorous development if the consequences and implications of that weren't so serious. At the institute, there were a number of changes made that assaulted professional collegiality among the teaching staff, which had had a tight-knit community that enabled them to work across disciplinary lines for the promotion of a more holistic view of the challenges facing the family today. The expulsion of reasonably orthodox teachers and staff has left the students and remaining staff in shock, not to mention the effect of bringing in a new chancellor who fully embraces Amoris Laetitia, as well as all manner of secularizing heterodox ideas on personal morality. Many of the staff were dismissed to make room for social science professors, which is a move that can only have disastrous effects. And I don't say that merely because I, from experience and training, can tell you that nearly across the board the social sciences are utterly corrupt. That is certainly true, and most of the horror stories you hear coming from secular universities and, frankly, some religious universities across the West are due to the social sciences continuing to evolve in the only logical way they could, be, they could, given the change in focus in these various fields of study over the past century, into something, frankly, revolutionary in nature. Bringing that garbage into the church is bad enough, but what the social sciences are replacing makes this far worse. The reduction of teaching staff has come in the Department of Moral Theology. Think about that for a moment. A Catholic institute brings in, frankly, secular experts, Catholic or not, and then has replaced highly regarded professors who teach the Catholic faith at a level appropriate for world-class academics, who will then take their knowledge and use it in the world to promote the family and marriage. It's enough to make a reasonable Catholic sick. Don't take my word for it. Father Jose Granados is a priest who teaches at the John Paul II Institute, and he told Catholic News Agency this in a recent interview, Quote, In addition, in the new statutes, there is a decisive change, the drastic reduction of moral theology. In the official statement of the Institute issued on July 29th, it is said that the moral theology finds a new place, and it is pointed out that, that there are two chairs of morality, the morality of love and marriage, on the one hand, and the ethics of life, for another. What is not said is that, according to the old statutes, there were already two chairs that covered these subjects, a chair of Special Morals, for Sexuality and Marriage, and one of Bioethics. Nor is it said that in the new curriculum, the Marriage Morality now will only have three credits, half that of most other chairs. Morality, therefore, has been reduced by half, and not only that, they have thrown out the teachers who taught it. Melina Noriega, and for bioethics, Maria Luisa de Pietro. End quote. Did you catch that? Those tasked with promoting marriage and the family have had their moral theology training cut in half and replaced with social sciences. Prominent among that will certainly be sociology, and probably some degree the intersectional cancer that has infected the minds of academia in the West will make its way into the John Paul II Institute through those professors hired to fill those roles. One of the reasons given by Grenada, Father Granados is that Molina stood by the teachings of Humane Vitae and Veritatis Splendor, which condemns sexual acts outside of marriage, as well as the contraceptive mentality that defies God, and leads to sterile living and the culture of death. Those documents, despite their flaws, stand in opposition to Amoris Laetitia and statements made by this Pope, and those around him that open the door for the use of chemicals to thwart life, which, when combined with Laudato Si', forms the backbone of some chilling reasoning for the change in moral teaching and the promotion of social science instead of moral theology. But this is to be expected. After all, it is pure materialistic reasoning that is behind the revolutionary calls coming from the German bishops' conference for the coming Amazon Synod that will change the application of this morality in the life of the priesthood, as well as in the reduction of the priesthood into something lesser, by advocating for the inclusion of men who aren't traditionally called to the priesthood, into some new mockery of the clerical state, in the name of evangelization, of course. All the while, in true sociological fashion, the errors of the target population in the Amazon aren't combated, but embraced, in the name of some eco-theological cosmo-vision that is far from being Catholic. For most people, the married state is what we are called to, and it becomes the central spiritual battle of our lives of faith. It becomes the greatest opportunity to grow in Catholic virtues by dying to self, by raising and teaching our children to live lives at the foot of the cross, and to sacrifice for the good of the spouse. Yet today, this central aspect of our Catholic identity is under threat from those forces who have no understanding or respect for Catholic identity, because they have been formed deeply by the modernist errors condemned by Pope St. Pius X more than a century ago. In his groundbreaking encyclical, Pascendi, which can be found on this channel, the saintly pope declared that the modernists want to change the identity of the Catholic by focusing the life of the faith on the individual feelings and experiences of the Catholic and embracing those feelings and experiences into the life of the church. This is a form of relativism called vital imminence, and it runs rampant through the church today. And it is fully compatible with the sociologists and others who will soon be a wrecking ball at the JP2 Institute in the coming academic year. It especially runs rampant in the minds of those who wrote and approved the Instrumentum Laborum for the Amazon Synod, a document which calls for people to embrace the spirits of the Amazon and declares that the Amazon region is a source for new revelation. Statements which on their face are bogus and so filled with error that they don't warrant further comment. This dangerous line of thinking subsumes the Catholic identity, which is one that we are to embrace and to leave our old selves behind when we die to self for the cross of Christ. That is under threat today in the Church. At the start, I listed all the typical things we Catholics are called to do in our normal lives. Sadly, those are called for in normal times. We live in abnormal times, and so, on top of those duties, we have the duty to fight back. The saints have said that we have the duty to resist the bishops and even popes who would try to destroy the Catholic faith. We have all been born into a specific moment in history, to fight for our salvation and the salvation of others, and yes, that includes those men and women trying to destroy the church. Are you up to the task? Will you fight for the preservation of the Catholic faith? The time is quickly approaching when the real faith will be preserved in the homes of Catholics and in the parishes of those brave priests willing to stand up against the revolutionaries in their parishes. Who want to promote the goals of the modernists and their constant call for never-ending revolution? If you're up to this task, prayer and fasting are our prime weapons for this battle. The rosary, the the uh, the Office of the Virgin Mary, many other devotions are our weapons. T- tomorrow, that is Saturday, August 3rd, I'll have a short encyclical by a preconciliar Pope that will be instructive for this fight. So please pray for the Church, pray for the work of this channel, if you would please. Consider supporting the work of this and others doing this work, and please consider fulfilling Our Lady's request at Fatima by keeping the Five First Saturdays devotion, which you can begin tomorrow on August 3rd. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.